Our Old Testament lesson this morning is from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. Before I read, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do ask, again, as we are mindful of all that you have given to us, we ask that you would help us to, um, to be grateful for it, to use it appropriately. Lord, we thank you for the time that you've given to us. We thank you for this very day that you have given to us. We thank you for the word of scripture that you have given to us. Lord, we ask that this morning you would help us to use those gifts appropriately. We ask that you would help us to turn our minds towards the things of you and your kingdom. Lord, that hearing this word read and proclaimed today, that by your word and by your spirit, that you would continue your work of transformation in our hearts and our lives. That we become more and more like Jesus. That we be those who give off the aroma of Christ to the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jeremiah 31, beginning in verse 31, says, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Turning into our New Testament lesson, Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. This takes place when Jesus is still a baby, eight days old. Luke 2, verses 25 through 35. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Next we turn to our sermon text which is 2 Corinthians chapter 2 starting in verse 12. And going on through chapter 3, verse 6. It's 
in this passage that Paul begins writing what it is like to be an apostle, to be one who is sent out to share the message of Jesus with the world. And as he writes to the church in Corinth, he says, Now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity, like men sent from God. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, sometimes I have the mistaken belief, and maybe I'm not the only one, that if people had enough information that they would by default, have transformation in their life. That that would just come naturally with it. That if only they would hear the news about Jesus, they would accept him and they would be changed. And they would know the deliverance from death to life, as promised in the gospel. The problem is, it's not just about communicating the message. There has to be something that goes on in their hearts by the Spirit of God, apart from just the proclamation of the word. Because the response isn't always the same. And you probably know this to be true even in your own life. There are people that you know who have never heard the message. And you think if only they would hear, then they would receive Jesus. But there are others that you know who have heard the message and who have responded ecstatically. And there have been those who have heard the message and who have responded dismissively. Who have rejected Jesus, who don't want anything to do with him. And in fact, he is, he is now as polarizing a person as he ever was. Today in the world, in kind of a public square, it's okay to talk about God. You can do that. You can tell people what it is that you believe about God or what it is that uh, your ideas about God are. You've got to be a little careful if you bring up the Bible. But even still, people will be right there with you. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Until you say Jesus. 
And you know what happens when Jesus comes into the discussion, right? As soon as the name of Jesus is mentioned, there are fireworks. Some people will hear and be excited. And other people want nothing to do with Jesus. I don't mind that you believe in a God of some sort who takes care of you. or what, But don't tell me about Jesus. You ever known anybody like that? You ever see that sort of reaction in the public square? This is not new. This is exactly what all of the apostles faced from the earliest days, and it's because it's the same kind of thing that Jesus himself faced. Some accepted the good news and were really excited about it because they saw in Jesus the answer to all of their problems. The problems not just that they had personally, but the problems that the entire world has had since the Garden of Eden. That in Jesus is the answer and the solution to all of it, to God putting the world back right again. And that we can even partake of that now. This is very good news. But there are others. Those who understand that maybe the world isn't the way that God originally created it. But they're getting along just fine in the world the way it is. And for Jesus to come in and try to upset the whole thing messes with their personal kingdom. And so they say, I don't want anything to do with the kingdom of God because I've got my own kingdom. This is what we saw with the Sadducees who, yeah, it's not ideal that the Romans are ruling over all of uh, Judea, we get along with the Romans. They've let us be kind of power players in the area. So let's not mess with that. And there are plenty who see it exactly that way. So Paul says as we go spreading this message, he says, thanks be to God. Even though he didn't go to Troas, he went to Troas, but he didn't stay there, even though there was a door open. He went on to Macedonia and is thankful to God that God leads him wherever he goes. He's not going on his own, he's going with God, and he's going in his triumphal procession in Christ. And that there is this fragrance of the knowledge of him and this aroma of Christ is going around. Aroma is an interesting thing, isn't it? That sense of smell that we have is a very powerful sense, especially in the way that it brings back memories and creates associations. You may have had that experience before where you had someone that you were very, very close to and you haven't seen them in a long time. You might see someone who kind of looks like them and that can remind you. But you know, if you smell that exact scent, it's like you're just flooded with memories as though they're standing right there next to you. Right? I don't remember what my dad smelled like. He died when I was uh, seven years old. I don't, I don't remember that smell. But I do remember the smell of my uncle, who was the one who... Uh, lived next door to us and kind of took a fatherly role in our lives at that point. I remember his smell because 
he always wore the same cologne and he always wore a lot of it. (laughs) It was unmistakable. You knew when he was in the house (laughs) and it didn't matter where he was in the house. You knew it. You could smell it. Well, he also died a few years ago and uh, a few months ago, I was in a store and I happened down the aisle that has all the cologne. Uh, you know, I haven't smelled his scent in a long time. I wonder if I would still even remember it. And so I found the particular brand and I opened it up and just took a little whiff. And it was as though he was standing right there next to me. That scent, <laughs> the scent of uh, his smell, I was just right there. Paul says that's what we're to be like for the world. I imagine that as I was hanging out with my uncle, if I were around him for any length of time, probably when I got back to my house, there wouldn't be a question of who I'd been hanging around. Everybody would know. Yeah, you smell like Uncle Ben. In the same way, as we are hanging around with Jesus, and as we are being personally transformed by him, more and more into his likeness, then as we go out into the world... People see us, they hear us, they're around us, and they go, that's one of those Jesus people, isn't it? They might mean that as a compliment. They might mean that as an insult. My uncle was a lawyer. And I imagine that there were probably people in the courtroom who were really glad to smell his smell if he was on their side. But for those who were being condemned because of his words, they were probably less excited when they smelled that smell. And that's what happens with this fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. You see, for those of us who have been who have come to grips with our own sin and we understand that it leads to death. But we've also come to grips with the good news of Jesus Christ who saves us from that. We understand as we look back at the Old Testament and we see the sacrificial system, we see in Passover how there was a lamb who died in the place of the oldest son when people were redeemed out of Egypt. And we say in the same way, while I was slated for death, Jesus died in my place, and now I have the gift of life. We want to be around Jesus. He is the one who has rescued us. But for those who still want to do it their own way, there is only one word for them, and it is the word of death. Those Egyptians who didn't have a lamb die in their place, died. And so as we go into the world, we are a reminder to those who are being saved of the salvation we have in Christ. But to those who have rejected him, we are a reminder, we are reminders of the sentence of death that comes to those who have rejected Christ. So it makes sense. They wouldn't want to be around that. Paul mentions this is kind of a kind of a big task to be God's representatives, reminders of Christ in the world. And so he asks the question, who is equal to such a task? Who is equal 
to such a task? And he gives two answers. The first is, well, we are. We are equal to such a task. Because 